Amen and amen. Why don't you give these children and these leaders a round of applause? Well done, friends. Well done. Well done. What a monumental week we had at VBS 2022. It's 15 hours of intensive time with children, 450 of them to be approximately exact, and over 185 student and adult volunteers of intensive, biblically-centered, life-changing, we pray, time with children. If you are up any part of this week at VBS, adult, student leader, tech, sound, staff, any role that you played, would you stand and allow us to give God glory for the role that you played? I see you. I see you. My name is Rhonda, and I have the privilege of leading our kids' ministry here at Sugar Hill Church, and I'm celebrating our time this week with you. I did sit down a little bit yesterday and was able to reflect a little bit on the goodness of our God, our awesome God, as you just heard about. And three things came to my mind as I sat and reflected. I reflected on God's peace in this place. God's peace in this place. When you gather hundreds of children in a room, there sometimes may not be very much peace. And I love it. I say, bring it all. Uh, I love to hear children uh, shout and sing and talk. But what encouraged me most when I was reflecting on the goodness of this week was the God's peace permeating this building. From talking to adult leaders, to our stations when children traveled throughout the building, in our hearts, in our words, in our hands. It was his peace that surpassed all wisdom and knowledge for us this week. I'm so grateful for that peace. I also reflected on God's perfect timing. He's so on time, church. He's perfect. And he allowed us to see his hand. Perfect timing in this study that we walked through for children in our world, for adults in our world. How life has so many ups and downs and changes for our children now. His perfect timing and peace throughout this place proved to be enough. We also were able to see God's provision his hand, his provision in resources. Many of you who could not be here physically this past week, you gave of your, your time at the throne room of God the Father on behalf of our team and our volunteers and children. Many of you have given monetarily so that we were able to have resources to play all of the fun games that you saw and make all of the little crafts that came home and ate all of the Oreos, and then we sent your child home to be with you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I'm not. Uh, but we love, we love the resources, but man, did we see God's provision. His peace, his perfect timing, and his provision. When you gather hundreds of children together in one place, there could be distractions. It's just bound to happen with people 
We are such a distracted people, quick to turn our gaze toward other things. Our prayer this week was that the distractions would be minimal so that our children and adults and students could truly see the one true God in all of his goodness, in all of his character, and who he truly is. And I will tell you, he's so faithful. He certainly did that this week. And we were able to hold up the name of Jesus high and lift it up. And we got to speak it and sing it. You heard it. And we got to watch him move in the lives of children. And I could not be more grateful for God's peace, his perfect timing, and his provision. One of my favorite kids worship leaders, her name is Yancey, uh, wrote this as we talk about each day some things that I got to see in the lives of some of your children, some of your grandchildren, some of the children here in this place. I got to see little voices uh, sing loudly, shout loudly. Uh, they were all together, either in here, and we had many over in the chapel. I, I wish that you could just stop and be with me there and hear their little voices sing loud together the praises of our God. They may not understand many of what they're saying or singing quite yet, but oh, I wish that you could have been in the room to hear their little voices sing loudly together in one accord. The worship leader, Yancey, says it like this, and I love this, listen to her quote. Every time you create a space for kids to experience the presence of the Lord, you are creating space for God's power to fill the atmosphere and penetrate hearts like only he can. I say, let it be so, Lord. Let it be so. In the hearts of these children, because I promise you, the songs that many of your children have gone home singing, I pray, every night and all weekend, and you're starting to get the little tune in your heart and your mind too, would penetrate to the very depth of their heart. Because when we understand who God is, and we believe it, and we start to walk in that church, man, powerful things happen. And that's what I'm praying for each and every one of those children who came to be in our presence this week. Listen to some of the lyrics, what are my favorite, this week from our songs that we were able to sing. God's love never fails, and it lasts forever. My God is with me. Yes, he's with me forever. Monumental love, eternal hope for you and me. That's what your children are singing, I pray, the rest of this summer. And that's a truth. That's a promise. Not only from, from God's word, but who he is. It's just who he is. Listen to these lyrics. Every second, every minute, every hour of every day. Oh God, you are in charge. Every moment on this journey, every step that I will take, oh God, you are in charge. I'll trust you through everything with all of my heart that you're holding. I know you've got this. Oh God, you are in charge. That's the one I've been singing all weekend. So I pray that these lyrics will continue to grow in your children's hearts, your grandchildren's hearts, the hearts of our children here, 
so they truly believe it. So not only did I see little voices singing loudly together in one accord the praises of our God and how good he is, but I got to hear and watch the gospel being shared every day. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like the gospel being shared every day for 15 hours to a child. The gospel, that life-changing good news of Jesus to hundreds of children was shared in this place every single day. So much so that many children have been asking questions about what is next? What, what happens now that I've heard this truth? I believe this truth, now what? And my team is so passionate about the follow-up when children make a decision to follow Jesus that we're offering a class next Sunday morning at 9.30 in the underground, which is downstairs. And we would love for you as a grandparent, a parent, to bring your child or grandchild downstairs and we walk through what those questions are they may have. And we walk through what those next steps are to be a Christ follower, one who loves Jesus with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength. So I'd like to invite you to that if your child is asking questions. We're following up with the ones who wanna be baptized, amen? Life changing this week because of the heart of the gospel and what the gospel does when it is shared. That's God's work. He's best at it. Not only did we see little voices shout out loud, a lot of them shout out loud together, the praises of our God, we saw the gospel shared and on display. We saw community being built. Again, I wish that you could have had a behind the scenes look at what took place this week in community. I believe now more than ever, church, that children want to belong and need to belong and wanna be seen and wanna be known. More than ever, relationship for children is important, community is important, and they, praise God, by the hundreds of leaders that you saw, were able to allow that child to feel community this week. See, when a child wasn't here, the leader was like, Miss Rhonda, where are they? They were concerned. And we were able to minister to many families because that leader built community with that little group and what was going on at home, the cares of at home, sickness. We were able to minister to those families because of community being built this week. Chants out loud of these groups, they had these little funny chants that they would scream and yell out through the hallways, built community. They were family, so much so that on Friday, when they left, I looked over and a leader said, come, 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 let's gather together for a family hug. I love that. They even asked me, could we do it next week? And I said, not quite yet. Uh, they love to be together. We love to be together. Community. Community was built this week. But you may say, Rhonda, why does all this matter? You may not be familiar with VBS. Maybe you've never even heard of it before. Vacation Bible School started years ago. How many of you have ever been at VBS yourself as a child? Yeah, yeah. VBS is unlike anything uh, that we are able to do. It's seven months of ministry packed into one week, and it's intensive. And what I love the most is that 
the lesson of the biblical truth builds on each other every single day. So your children can get all of that combined into one week and it builds and they wanna know what happens next in the lesson from God's word. And it creates excitement for the child and it's fun and it's silly and I love it and it's all pointing to the one who desires relationship with us most, Jesus. It's why God created us for relationship. That's why children so connect with being seen and known and loved. Because God desires that for us. And the only one that can fill that relationship is Jesus. He's the only one that can do that. And I'm so grateful that we have Pastor Chuck and Pastor Bobby and our entire leadership team who believes that too and wants children to understand that and see that so much so that if you haven't seen our social media page of Pastor Chuck, you got a little glimpse of that just now of all the running around that he did for us um, at wherever he is. There he is, my friend. I love you, Pastor. I'm so grateful for you tying a balloon around your wrist and running up and down these aisles to the point where you were exhausted. I love it. I love that you almost had a bowling ball to your face to allow children to engage in truth. And I love that you cut the cord of my favorite lamp just to endure that teaching moment. Pastor Chuck and Pastor Bobby and our entire leadership team desire to see our children engage in that. So if you haven't seen those videos or clips or pictures, make sure you go check that out. Thank you for engaging with us. It was quite it was quite a delight for our team to watch. If you would just oblige me for a few minutes, I would like to walk through just a few minutes of where our children went this week. We were studying the life of Joseph. If you have any background or history in the Old Testament and know about the life of Joseph, he had quite an impact. And our prayer this week and the weeks to come is that our children will have impact for the kingdom. Joseph's life didn't start out that way. It, it didn't start out looking like it would make a big impact for the kingdom. In fact, in Genesis 37, so the life account of Joseph, if you have time this week, go back and read the life of Joseph. It's fascinating. Genesis 37 through about 50 is where we landed this week. Joseph was one of 12 brothers. He was number 11 and their father was Jacob. You guys know the story. Joseph got the coat of many colors, remember? He was the favored one, the favored one of his father, Jacob. So he got to wear the, this elaborate coat and his brothers, because of that, didn't like him so much. In fact, they disliked him pretty heavily. And his life, Joseph's life was with ups and downs because his brothers, in fact, plotted to kill him and then decided to throw him in a pit. And our children were like, Miss Rhonda, this is rough. This is, I don't understand, there's so much of this. And then after Joseph was thrown into a pit, he was sold into slavery. And there he is. The biblical truth that we wanted our children to know that day was, God loves you no matter what. God loves you no matter what. Joseph's life didn't look so bright. He was in the bottom of a pit and then sold into slavery. 
And yet with many changes in our children's lives, we want them to deeply know that God loves them no matter what. In fact, Psalm 89.2 says, your unfailing love lasts forever. We wanted our children to walk away this week to absolutely know that God loves them no matter what, no matter where they are, no matter what they face, no matter what's gonna happen to them, no matter what is happening around them, God loves them no matter what. Can I say to you, God loves you no matter what. No matter what you're going through today, God loves you no matter what. Genesis 39 through 40 called us on day two and Joseph's life is still going on. And in fact, he's been sold into slavery. And there he is in a lot of mess again. He's there for about 11 years as a slave. Now again, children are not tracking with this story so well because they don't understand why Joseph has had such a hard time. And yet, God's perfect timing, it was so timely for children to hear this truth. When he's sold into slavery, he's there with Potiphar, Potiphar's wife, a lot happens there. Um, and he is sold into, like I said, sold into slavery. slavery. He's there 11 years and he's being falsely accused. Falsely accused. And he's thrown into, do you know? Prison, jail. There he is in the pit, slavery, prison. Again, here we find Joseph going through ups and downs and he's in some difficult situations. But in this chapter in Genesis, I find it so fascinating that four times it's stated, listen to this, the Lord is with you, the Lord was with Joseph, or the Lord brought him success. What? I think that's amazing given the theme of where Joseph finds his life. That even in all of those difficult situations, listen to this, day two was God is with you everywhere. God is with you everywhere. It doesn't matter if you're in the pit, if you're in prison, if you're being falsely accused, if you're thinking that you should be somewhere else in your life, God is with you everywhere. Joshua 1.9 reminded us on day two that for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Day three was one of my favorite days because I think children need to understand this church, and we do. Genesis 41 called us 13 years after. Joseph's been in, in this for a while. He's been going through a lot of difficulty. It's been 13 years. Don't you think that he would probably likely say, I think this is kind of pointless, God. I don't understand you at all. Why are you doing this? Here I am, and I was this, and thrown into the pit, and false. He's thinking, man, I don't know. Our children, friends, may be in situations today that they don't understand, that they wonder if God even sees them, or if God even cares. And yet we find in this beautiful account that God is reminding Joseph that even though he's under Pharaoh, he's been given authority, he's been given to a position with purpose, and God reminds Joseph 
that he is in charge, that God is in charge. I think that's a great biblical truth for us, friends, today to help children understand that as much as we all want to be in charge of our own life, God is ultimately the one who is in charge. And that is a very good thing. He's sovereign. He's good. He sees us. And he's in charge. That's a very good truth to teach our children. Psalm 147.5, this was the scripture for day three. I loved this. How great is our Lord. His power is absolute. It's absolute. It matters. He's in charge of our lives. And that is a very good thing. I love this because on day four, we got to share the gospel. You're like, Rhonda, how in the world did you guys go from Joseph to Jesus? I'm glad you asked. It was so good for our children to make the connection that God used Joseph to bring about the rescue of the people's starvation. God used Joseph, one man. Watch this. God used one man to bring about the rescue for us, Jesus. Children made that connection this week, praise God, that one man, Joseph, who was betrayed by his brothers, Jesus was betrayed by his disciple. God had purpose for Joseph to bring about good. God had purpose for Jesus to bring about good. I love that we were able to teach children on day four that God is stronger than anything, even death. Even death. In this bigger, brighter, better culture for children who want bigger everything, right? We were able to say to them, God is stronger than that. And they began asking questions. But is God stronger than this? And it wasn't in a silly way. It was truly to the heartbeat of where they found themselves. But could he? But can he? And we were able to say, church, with a resounding, yes, he can. God is stronger than anything. And I love that truth that we were able to share with our children. Because of what Jesus has done for us, church, his death, his burial, his resurrection, we were able to share that good news with hundreds of children this week. What better way to share the gospel than to point them to the one, the one Jesus, who has brought about our redemption for our good and his glory. I'm so grateful that I can be a small part of the lives of children in this place. And I know many of you had children here this week. Many of you have children that were not able to attend this week. Many of you have grandchildren that maybe are not here. Maybe they're somewhere. Maybe you find yourself here today and you're an influencer of children. Maybe you don't have children of your own or maybe you're an aunt or uncle, friend. Every single one of us have influence in the lives of children, whether we know it or not. Maybe you find yourself as someone, as a part of this body who wants to partner with us to pray for children. I would like to spend just a few moments 
before our pastor comes and just pray for the children who received the gospel, the good news this week. For children who were able to hear that God loves them no matter what. For children who were able to hear that God is in charge of their life. For children who were able to hear God is stronger than anything, even death. So may I guide us in a time of prayer? Maybe you have children who are sitting right next to you right now. Put your hand on them. Put your hand on them as a sign of agreement. Maybe you have children downstairs. Call their name out when we pray together. Declare the goodness of the Lord over your children, your grandchildren, children in your neighborhood, children that you have influence over. Would you pray with me today? Father, I'm so grateful for your goodness to us, your faithful goodness. You are loving, you are kind, and you see us today. You see the hundreds of children who entered these doors every single day this week. And you know where they are. You know what their hearts need. You know what their minds need. And so right now, I pray for every parent, grandparent, and influencer of children in this place. Would you help us as we lead children to know that you love them no matter what? Will you help us to display your love to these children? Spend a, just a second asking God to help you lead children to his love and know his love and know that his love is absolute. God, one of my favorite promises and character of who you are is your omnipresence. You're everywhere. And I'm so grateful for your presence. And so I pray for children who need that reminder, need that truth. Will you help them, Lord, to know that? To know that you are everywhere. You are with them. You are for them. So for these parents, grandparents, and influencers in the room, will you help us to lead our children to know that you are with them everywhere? Ask the Lord to give you that now. God, I'm so grateful that we can surrender to you. You're in charge, <laughs> and that's so very good. Forgive us when we want to make ourselves in charge. Will you help us to teach children that you're above it all? You're sovereign. You're good. Help us to teach them that that is such a good thing for you to be in charge, and you love us. And you have a great purpose for our life, and it's to bring you glory, and it's always for our good. Will you help these parents and grandparents and influencers of children teach well and lead well that you are indeed in charge and you can do whatever you want because you're God? 
pray that now for your child, grandchild, or children that you know. God, you truly are stronger than anything. You are stronger than death. You conquered death when you sent your son Jesus for us. Well, we don't deserve it. And out of your abundant love, you sent him to take our punishment. And he took it. And he was buried. And he came to life. And he resurrected. And he's seated at the right hand of you, Father interceding for us. Thank you that you're stronger than death. You conquered it. Will you help us as we lead children to lead them and teach them that you're stronger than anything and we can trust you. Pray that for your child, grandchild, or children that you influence now. God, indeed, hear our prayers. You are so very good to us. We are grateful for this monumental week. It truly has been a blessing. And I pray every seed that was planted grow. And I pray for parents, grandparents, and influencers in the room that your abundant peace, provision, and perfect timing will be theirs, will be permeated throughout their lives as we lead children to know that, that you love them no matter what and you're with them everywhere and you're stronger than anything and you're in charge. And for that, we are indeed grateful. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. And amen. That's my friend Rhonda McMahon, our kids pastor. How about that? You did such a great job, you, you and your team. I love you. I love you, and I'm so grateful for you. I love you. Pastor, let me, let me share this real fast so you can know this, and a church can know this. We had a missions challenge this week we as did. well, yeah. and our children brought in 581 school items for the wow. North Gwinnett Co-op and cool Sugar Hill Church Beyond Ministry. Yeah. Yep. And they also brought in $1,153 that will go wow. toward extra school supplies. How awesome. I am super grateful for that the partnership we have, Pastor. I'm super, super thankful. Thank you so yep. much. Yep. Great job, Ms. Rhonda. Way to go. I'm so grateful you're here. If you're new around here, my name is Chuck, and they let me be the pastor, and I'm so grateful. And uh, we'd love to know that you were part of our service today. I promise you, nobody's going to bang on your door, uh, mess up your afternoon. We'll send you a note, either text or email, however you prefer it. But if you'll just take your camera and point it at the screen, they're going to have a QR code. And uh, just with that QR code, tap the little yellow button, and it'll pull up a, a guest info card. You can fill it out in a few seconds just while you're sitting here. And I promise you, we will just send you a really cool gift. Have they put that up there yet? Are y'all messing with me? There you go. Okay. They do that all the time. It's like they just let me hang right out there on the edge. So uh, go ahead and do that and let us know you're here. And again, I promise you, we won't mess up your plans, but we do want to send you a gift to say thank you. And then also, I want to thank all of you. Uh, we had uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had all these kiddos at uh, middle school camp. And then this past week, hundreds of kids in VBS. And then week after, a week after this, we'll have high school camp at beach camp. And June is just all about families and children. And we thank you so much. And we couldn't do it without your kindness 
and your generosity. And so if you'd be so kind, they're going to change this QR code out now. And just if you haven't already given, we would love for you to participate and be a part of the investment into kids' lives. And thank you for making that happen. It's a uh, week after week, we are just blown away at your generosity. And we just can't thank you enough for that. We have uh, a couple of things coming on, coming up in the life of our church. Next Sunday is uh, Father's Day, and so we're going to honor dads. You know, it's not like Mother's Day. You know, Mother's Day is one of those things. Everybody goes to, to you know, church with mom, and we celebrate mom, and restaurants are packed. And, you know, Dad's Day shows up, and half of us come to church, and the other half is like, ah, we'll let Dad fish today, you know. But I promise you, next week's going to be a great day. And come on, we're, uh, Summer is sure he'll be back out on the front porch and we're going to have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday next Sunday. Another announcement I just need to let the church know is that uh, Pastor Karan Boston, he and Hannah will be leaving our staff later this summer to uh, join his family in uh, Charleston. I mean, I'm sorry, in Charlotte. And uh, he's had just a great run with us and has had such an impact in our church, in our student ministry, in our schools, and in our community. And when you see Pastor Karan, let him know of uh, our love for him. We are uh, already actively starting to see uh, who will come and fill those shoes and flesh out the rest of our student ministry. But in the meantime, be praying for our student team as they'll be one man down headed into high school camp. And uh, when you let, when you let uh, Pastor Karan know of your love, just tell him how grateful you are for all that he and Hannah have meant in the life of our church. So this, this past week when we, we started day one, um, I didn't wear my hearing aids. Now, I'm an old dude, right? And when I, when, I can't hear Jack without my hearing aids. So I go into Bible study class, and they're teaching these kids. Every time they say something great about God, these kids go, awesome God, right? Can you all do that with me? Awesome God. All right, now do it like a kid does. Like, just like, you know, scream it like, awesome God. Y'all are pitiful kids. And, um, I don't know what happens. Like at 24, you decide, I can't do that anymore, right? You know, it just it can't be done. So we go from like, awesome God to awesome God. So I, I don't know what happens. But anyway, I don't have my hearing aids in, and I don't hear it right. So I think they're saying awesome sauce. So I go through the whole day. Every time these kids are going, awesome God, I'm going, awesome sauce. So the next day, I have my hearing aids on, and I'm in, I'm in the room, and I realize, wait a minute. There's something wrong with what I've been doing. I mean, sauce can be awesome for sure, but that's, and these kids are looking at me like, Pastor Chuck, you really are an idiot, you know? But, you know, like a fool, I just kept on going. But I also realized that, well, like when y'all saw the kids doing all the movements, could y'all do it with them? No, like, like if you were like under 30, you could probably do the whole thing, right? You know, the, all that stuff, right? Well, I'm 62, so I'd come in here and these kids are doing all this junk, and I thought to myself, there's no way I'm following that. I'd just make up my own deal. I mean, I was just like, and the next thing I know, there's a camera on me. And I'm like, Parker, I will fire you. But I'm telling you, they had fun, man. You know, the story of Joseph, like Rhonda was talking about, this cat had it rough, man. I mean, he starts off, he's the favored son, right? And, and so dad gives him the coat of many colors, like, you are my boy. And then his brothers are so hacked off at him that they want to kill him, but it's like, no, don't kill him. It's going to be better. Let's just dig a pit and throw him in there. 
Maybe an animal will eat him, and then we can say we didn't have to kill him. Like, that makes it better, right? But then guys come along, and they're like, hey, we don't have to kill him. We'll sell him, profit from it, sell him into slavery. Nobody will know the worst for where. We'll tell dad an animal ate him, move on. Joseph goes into slavery. Well, as all that happens, and Joseph must be a good-looking guy because Potiphar's wife decides, ooh, la, la, and the next thing you know, he's in trouble like this, right? And, but he never does anything, but Potiphar's wife is like, dude, you could have all this. And he's like, don't want all that. <laughs> then the next thing you know, he's in charge of everything. I mean, this, this guy is a picture of what's happening. I mean, everywhere he goes, it's like $6 a gallon gas for his chariot. I mean, it's no wonder the nation is starving. They have a shortage of baby formula. I mean, no matter what happens, wherever you go, there are problems. There are wars. I mean, they, I mean, their version of CNN and Fox News were just going at it. I mean, the, things were so bad that Joseph just had to have been just thoroughly ticked off. So then he gets this word from God that says, yo, there's, I'm not sure that's what God said, but there's going to come a famine in the land and you need to store up a bunch of grain because if not, your nation's going to starve. So Joseph could have been like, you know what? All the ups and downs I've gone through, I'm not trusting you on this. But like Rhonda was talking about, the whole story of Joseph is about faithfulness. So the other day, I'm up here on the stage, and they have this 16-pound bowling ball, and it's, it's tied to this, to this uh, pole, and they pull it back up in front of my nose to swing it. And the whole goal is that you swing the, the bowling ball, and I'm not supposed to move because the bowling ball theoretically is not going to move either, and it's going to come back right in front of my face and not hit me. Well, I mean, a couple inches out of the way, I go from a rooster or a hen just like that. And, you know, I'm thinking, this can't be good. But so they do the first time, and I dive in the tent, right? It's like, no. Then the second time I'm out, and they pull the ball, and it's like, yes, we made it, right? And then the day before that, they tie a balloon to my arm, and I'm running around the room trying to escape. And the balloon is that you can't escape the presence of God. Joseph is discovering how faithful God is, because no matter where he goes, there God is. No matter what he's going through, God is faithful in his life. Are you beginning to see the correlation here? So now that Joseph's in charge and the nation is starving, people are now lining up because Joseph heard from God, obeyed God, stored up the grain before the, before the drought and the famine came. And now that the famine has come and the whole nation is starving, people are lining up because Joseph stored up enough food to be able to distribute it and save the nation. You're with me, right? You got that? Okay, so now in, in Genesis chapter 50, the story goes on and Joseph's brothers and his dad show up to get the grain, but they don't know that Joseph's still alive and don't know that Joseph's in charge. I mean, Joseph's gone from throwing you in a pit, hoping you're going to die, selling you into slavery, telling your dad that he died. Now he's in charge and he gets to lord it over you. Now, if you were Joseph and I were Joseph, what would we do? Listen to me, you punks. You threw me in a hole. You sold me into slavery. You know, suck it up. You're on your own. And then how we, I mean, that's, that's what we would do. But now listen to what Joseph says in chapter 50 in the book of Genesis in verse 19. But Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? And I'm thinking to myself, you doggone right you could. 
You, you could withhold all goodness from them. You could withhold all forgiveness from them. You could do anything you wanted to do. And here's what he says. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. Now watch this. You ever gone through a season in your life and you just thought to yourself, okay, this is, there is no rhyme or reason. God, why would you allow me to go through all this junk? Maybe you went through a brutal divorce. You're thinking, why would God allow me to go through this? Maybe you lost your career. God, why would you let me go through this? Maybe you went through a season of bad health. Why would God let me go through this? Maybe your kid's off the rails or you're trying to deal with an aging parent. Why would God let me go through this? Joseph went through it all. But hear me, the story of Joseph, all right, look right here, y'all. The story of Joseph is a picture of Jesus in the Old Testament. Joseph, thrown in a pit, thrown away, yet the favored son now sits on a throne and can offer forgiveness and hope and a future. Are you starting to track with me? And instead of saying, you scumbags, you turned your back on me, you didn't do what you should have done. He doesn't say, I'm going to punish you. He doesn't say, I'm going to withhold from you. Listen to what he says. No, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them, listen to this, by speaking kindly to them. Can you imagine what Facebook would have done to him? You sissy! You should have stood up for him. Can you imagine what you should have done? I saw a post that a church member put out there yesterday, and uh, I just flipping through this. This guy puts his post on there that says, you know, I, I just filled up, and it was like 90-something dollars, and I'm expecting that he's just going to go on another tirade like most of us have. Because, I mean, honestly, are, are you like me, and you just want to throw up when you look there? I mean, I feel like driving up to the gas pump now and say, no, I'm just looking. And... And instead of that, he goes into this complete opposite. And he says, I just thank God that I can actually pay for it, that I have a job, that when, when I, once I got the gas in my, in my truck, I'm actually going home, and I got a home I can sit in, and I got food in my belly. And, he's, and I'm thinking to myself, okay. And it didn't take but two posts later, some dude is replying to his gratitude by saying, well, let me tell you who's in fault here. And I thought, that's our world, isn't it? I mean, that's what Joseph could have done. But what did he say? No, I'm not going to do that. By the way, if you're wondering about where this Jesus in the Old Testament comes up in the New Testament, Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, and to you and I, he says this. If this is what you really want to change the world, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior, instead... Be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Jesus Christ, has forgiven you. You know, Jesus said, if, if you'll learn to forgive, you'll be forgiven. Jesus said, I will forgive you even though you don't deserve it. Does it ring a bell with what Joseph did? Joseph gave them the food. Joseph embraced them as family. Listen, Jesus looked at us, me and you, and he said, I'm going to take you on just like you are. And you say, well, well Chuck, but I, I need to get all my junk together. Well, listen to what Romans chapter 5 has to say 
in beginning of verse 6, when we were utterly helpless. Now, Joseph was utterly helpless. Have you ever been utterly helpless? Listen, I have talked with many of you when you were utterly helpless. When you have sounded like the end of the world had happened, the sky had fallen, your life was over, and yet here you are still plodding on. But there are times in our life when we feel helpless. And it says, when we were utterly helpless, Christ Jesus came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, I hate that last part, don't you? The reminder of it's, it's my sin. This is why he died. The Jews didn't kill Jesus. The Romans didn't kill Jesus. My sin killed Jesus. Your sin killed Jesus. Yeah, but Chuck, I'm not a bad person. I promise you, I'm not here to tell you that. But I want you to hear the rest of this story. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who's especially good. You know what the problem with that is? There is nothing about me that's especially good, not one ounce. My heart is capable of all manner of evil. I'm selfish. I'm stubborn. I can be foolish. I can be hot-tempered. I can pop off at the mouth. And I know y'all are far more perfect than I am. But I'd be willing to say when you start comparing us versus Jesus, none of us are exceptionally, especially good. But here's the good news. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we've been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends. Now watch this. During VBS, I had a mom come up to me and say, would you, would you sit and chat with my son a little bit? And I said, I'd be happy to. And I sat down in my office with this little eight-year-old boy, and I start off like I do with all kids, with markers and blank paper, right? And I began to talk with him about God. And I just looked at him and I said, tell me what you know about God. Now, you know, most kids, when they start off talking about God, they ramble a little bit. And this little boy started telling me all these things like, okay, well, God created the heavens and the earth, and he made Adam and Eve, and then they ate a tree, and then they sin entered the world. And then after that, there was all these things that happened, and the prophets came along, and there were all these prophecies that Jesus was going to come. And then Jesus was born in Bethlehem, and then Jesus had to leave, and he went to Egypt, and then he came back, and he lived in his family, and he was a carpenter. And then Jesus died, and he shed his blood for the forgiveness of my sin and then he was buried and three days later he rose from the grave and and i'm sitting there and i'm thinking what am i talking to this kid about i mean give him a microphone man this kid is just blowing me away right and then he said but i do have one question and i thought well i got more than that but okay let's just let's take the one and he looked at me and i'm telling you it was like i was sitting to a, talking to a 50 year old man like a scholar and this little eight-year-old boy looks at me and he's got his hands like this and he says pastor chuck how can Jesus and God be the same person? Everything in me wanted me to say, ask your mom. <laughs> so we began sitting down and, and writing and drawing and picturing. And about five minutes later, he looked at me and the light bulb went on. And he just looked at me and said, I get it. They're all the same. Yeah. 
Because we went back to Genesis 1, God created the heavens and the earth. And then we came to John 1, and in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we began to unpack all that. And that little boy, I'm telling you, the light bulb went on, the light bulb went on. And we went and we drew and we talked and I got done. And I thought, this is the next Billy Graham, man. This guy's kid's unbelievable, right? And when it was all said and done, I thought to myself, what keeps all these parents and grandparents from the light bulb going on? And I realized that as brilliant as this little boy is, the challenge is getting it from your head to your heart. Because you see, we don't, we don't trust Jesus with our brain. We trust him with our heart. Faith makes no sense to the brain, but it makes all the sense in the world to the heart. And the question I've got for you is this. What in heaven's name are you waiting on to let the light bulb of Jesus, the Savior of the world, illuminate your heart to the degree that you would say, I get it, I want it, it's mine. I was on this little stage the other day, and Rhonda mentioned me tearing up her, I didn't realize it was her favorite lamp. Anyway, and they, she had this lamp here, and it was plugged in, and they turned the lamp on, and the light was on, right? So they, they made the mistake of giving me a hatchet. You give me something, I'll tear it up. So I just, I just whacked the snot out of that cord. I cut it like three times, held it up. And guess what? The light went out. And all the kids are like, oh. And Mr. Joe's talking about, but the light, but, but Jesus promised the light would never go out. And he's saying, but that must have been what it was like when Jesus died, that darkness fell over the earth and people were afraid. And that, that, where had the light gone? The light had become extinguished. And he unscrewed that light bulb, and it's a special kind of bulb. And he handed it to me. And when you hold your fingers on, 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 on the little bottom and then put your other finger on the very tip of it, it illuminates. And I held that light up, and all of a sudden the light went on. And the room had as many kids in here as there are people in here today. And when that light went on, you know what those kids did? Yes! You know why they got it? It was like Jesus' light burns. It's never going to go out. It's always there for me. And I'm just going to ask you this question without the bulb and without the theatrics and without all of What are you waiting on? Seriously. Are you still trying to get it from here to here? Because it's not that hard. It's just this simple. Jesus, would you come live in my life? Forgive me of my sin. I want to stop living for me, and I want to live for you, and I want your light to shine in my life. You say, well, Chuck, well, that's what I want. Then just ask him for it. But, Chuck, I need to get my junk together. You are never going to have your junk together. Ever. You know why? We are sin-filled people living in a sin-filled world, and we need a Savior to take our junk. Amen. And that's what he came to do. So I would just say, what are you waiting for? Trust Jesus today. Heavenly Father, thank you for the boys and girls that celebrated this week. Thank you for middle schoolers a couple of weeks ago, and thank you for the high schoolers that are about to happen. 
God, thank you for people today who've said, yes, Jesus, I, my light's gone on, I'm ready. So, Lord, great is your faithfulness. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, you are awesome. You came to give us light and to give us life. You came to never leave us or forsake us. You came to take us just as we are, but love us too much to leave us where we are. So God, today, let us trust you in the name of Jesus, our King, our Savior, and our Lord. We pray all these things. Amen. Amen. And amen. Come on, let's worship him real quick before we go. Great is your faith. Great is your faith. Come on, sing it, church. Come on, sing it, church. Great is your faith. That's what he does. Let him go within you and bring you peace and joy, fulfillment and contentment because he is always good. And my friend, you are always loved. When things get difficult, let him come behind you and pick you up and carry you, not around the problem, but through the middle of it, only to set you down victoriously on your two feet and wipe away your tears and kiss you on the forehead and wrap you up in his loving arms, drawing you up close so you can hear your Savior say, my child, say it with me, I love you. God bless you, friend. Go in peace.